Hello and welcome to Planet NOLA. I'm your host, Mary Jacobs. This is the podcast about people in New Orleans I think are cool or doing cool things. Just some folks that I'd like to shine a little extra light on. Today, I have my pal, my buddy, local comedian, Kamari Stevens. What up? Kamari, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. <laughs> <laughs> we we have been talking for like a wall of text for at least 15 minutes straight mm-hmm. before we started recording just now. So I feel like we're dropping in in the middle of a conversation. Right, I've been sabotaging the start of the <laughs> podcast for like the last 15 minutes. It wasn't sabotaging. I was crying laughing when you were talking about your family. Yeah, yeah. I got a lot of family stuff i guess i guess i should introduce you so okay so kamari is a stand-up i actually know kamari because of film i met you first because of film because i met you at the ross brothers house Mm -hmm. and you did work with them and i was doing work with ben so that's actually how i knew you first and then i knew you as a stand-up because i wasn't really doing stand-up i was always doing improv yeah i think uh i remember uh mary devon who's like a mutual friend Mm -hmm. um she had texted me and said that uh I think that you had seen the movie. Mm, yeah. Um, and at that point, I hadn't seen it. You know what <laughs> I mean? So, like, uh, she is, she had kind of relayed some of what you said, and I found it to be, like, calming. And then, like, I think I met you in, like, real life, and I was like, oh, okay, bet. You know what I'm saying? So. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, you heard yeah. you heard me compliment you from afar. Well, I mean, I was, like, really anxious about that. <laughs> like, it was a part of me that was like, oh, man, what have I done? Um, <laughs> But uh, then when I heard that, I was, I was I was like, all right, at least like it it, it came. Yeah, off Kamari right. was in a film by the Ross Brothers. They make a blend of documentary slash you know just regular movie fiction, um, but it really blurs that line. It's got narrative. It's like a narrative documentary with a little bit of like drama added. Is essentially it. So basically. They make films where you're yourself, like you are yourself. So to be in one of their films, you're really exposed yeah, 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 yeah. because it really is putting yourself out there. You're not acting oh. a part based on oh, you. Yeah, very exposed. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, you you yeah. And this movie was called Bloody Nose, Empty Pockets, and yeah. I did love it. I I saw it at uh, you know where I saw it. What, uh, Sundance? I was at Sundance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. I could say I've been to Sundance once nah, in my life. That was That seemed pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, I was like, I'm just here to say that I've done this, mm-hmm. and now I can say I've done it. I did not fit in at all. It's it's like a big networking party for nah, movie nah. people. Well, yeah, I could peep that. Even from, I went to the uh, Berlin Film Festival. Berlin Same thing. Alley. And I mean, like, well, for me, it was like, I don't know, I felt like Mary Tyler Moore or something <laughs> like that. Because, you know, it was just like, it was just... I'd never been out the country. I'd never been to Berlin. It was just, you know, I was like, oh, my God, like, this is crazy. And so, like, it was a whirlwind. I was just soaking up so much experience from being out the country that I didn't realize that it was, like, a networking thing until we would kind of end up as... And and a lot of what we ended up doing was, like... You were doing a press tour for Buddy Knows? A little bit. I mean, like, I wasn't... I was, like, tagging along. Yeah. So, it was, like, focused on them. Like, they had their own, like, uh, But you were in it, so you were... yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. But, like... We would like go to bars after or something like that or end up at a couple spots that were like adjacent to the festival. But like we went to like one actual like event that was you had all these filmmakers and stuff in there. And it was they uh, I think they had like the techno DJs going. I imagine it was a lot of uh, uh, Molly available. For yeah, people. for sure. Uh, but that one, that's where I was like really talking to people about the movie and hearing like different perspectives of it and everything like that. And uh, and. I mean, it was interesting for me because 
you know, like, I kind of look at it from the perspective of the stand-up world, you know what I'm yeah. saying, and how you have that community. And the reality of it is, like, we think all these communities are so, like, different, but it's like you have, like, the same kind of dynamics, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Or, or like, you, you have it where, uh, like, I was hearing about uh, some, like, big-time director that I think is the dude that did the uh, the uh, Port of New Orleans, like, Abel Ferreira or something like uh-huh. that. And, uh, you know, hearing about him directing commercials or something. And this and, and whoever this dude is, is like, been working with him. And he's, like, this hot. He's he's so cool. And he's got his leather jacket. Yeah, you, you start seeing and, how it all connects together. Yeah. And it becomes a lot less glamorous. Yeah, yeah. Nah, it's like, oh, y'all. I'm like, you ain't that. You, all right. You, <laughs> you made a movie. All right, I guess. You know what I'm saying? You know, not to diss him, but it, it, I guess for me, because, like, Man, like, most people I grew up knowing, like, I come from, like, very, like, blue-collar, middle-class people, you know what I'm saying? So, like, you know, people I know, like, worked a lot of factory jobs or GM or, like, work or something to that uh, MP or NCR, National Cash Register, I believe, um, you know, or even, like, like my mom, she was a pretty much stay-at-home mom, or and she did taxes during tax season. Um, so you don't know anyone with cool film jobs? No, I didn't know that. Yeah. I mean, I remember wanting to to get into film as a kid and like wanting to get like a, a video camera and stuff, but like it, it just wasn't as accessible. You know what I'm no, saying? No, you don't and, know uh, someone doing it. I actually do. I remember like I wanted to uh, when I was like my senior high school. I was trying to figure out what college I was going to go to, and I was thinking about going to college, University of Toledo, but only because I feel like. They like my school counselor or whatever has some kind of deal set up with the, oh like for real. Because all right, so I tell you, listen. So how have we gotten here so fast? Listen, so <laughs> you, the University of Toledo they had it where you know you like college applications and all that stuff is like wild intimidating. Like this idea that you gotta have like uh you know all these extracurriculars or things that you've done. Yeah, you don't like, know anything about anything. And so like you know when I was in high school like. When I my first couple years of high school, I didn't really take it that seriously, and then like it went into like my senior year where I really kind of buckled down. But at that point, like I hadn't done no volunteer hours. I really like I tried <laughs> to get a lot of stuff. Like I took I, I did varsity golf. I was like uh, the yearbook. I did yearbook. I did all this stuff to try to be like, hey, I, I wasn't fucking a around. A lot of so kids was, did that. And so, uh, but I was like, I remember being really intimidated to do like the applications. And so University of Toledo, they literally sent somebody there and they had, I think, your GPA and maybe I think I had already taken ACT and they they would essentially declare that you were accepted on the spot and they was accepting everybody yeah i'm like wait a minute this dude hardly come to class like <laughs> like what how is he gonna and i'm like bro this is this is a finesse job if i've ever seen one but they had like a film they had a film program and i was like oh man i might go to like university of toledo and study film and then you start telling that the people in your, in your family like what huh like what you ain't gonna get no job in that i'm like oh for real all right (laughs) and they'd be like well let me try journalism and then your stepdad's like uh maybe you need a backup plan for that i'm like i can't even be a reporter (laughs) all right i guess how long have you been here uh i moved down september 2015 oh right yeah you moved down the same year as the person i just sat here and recorded a podcast with before you Mm -hmm. kendra yeah class of 2015 yeah you were like (laughs) oh you were like yeah transplants come in waves yeah 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 i mean like well you you, i'll see like 
people, you know, you see people post about their like no anniversary. <laughs> not to make light of that. Like, I mean, I also acknowledge the time that I've been here, but you know what I mean? It's just like, I'm not. But you see that and then you're like, oh, okay, this person came like 2017. All right, that makes sense. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, all right. I, I don't know. I mean, like, it, I, I haven't done enough thorough research, but I bet I could. I mean, I hear the, I hear the inner workings of a concept that I really, it yeah. sounds true to me. I feel like it, I feel like I feel like, yeah, I feel like it's something. Because something you be experience done. certain things at certain times. If somebody says to me, oh, I moved to New Orleans uh, in 2021, early 2021, and I, and it's this year, and I'm like, oh, you survived Ida? You just moved here right before Ida, and mm-hmm. then you stayed here afterwards? Yeah. I take that into account. So you, I think yeah. about that. No, no. So you got, like, the transplant COVID people. Like, yeah. everybody that came here in 2020. So they 2020. missed New Orleans yeah, for two yeah. years. And, it's like, and, and they have a... I've met them. Yeah. Those people have no idea what this oh, city nah, is. Oh, no, no. And they, and they, they feel <laughs> shell-shocked. And they're like, oh, my God. They're like, I came to Bourbon Street one time, and this is not what I expected. <laughs> <laughs> like I actually fell in love with my partner here. Like the whole time we were BSing it, and then we actually fell in love. And it's like let's let's make it happen in, in this uh, great big city, New Orleans. And it's like uh, maybe let's let's take it back to. All right, I'm not. I'm gonna get too specific. You gotta stop. You gotta stop. We could go on one tangent for so long, Kamari. It's funny you call yourself a stand-up, but you're way, in my opinion, you're way more a storyteller. Yeah, like yeah, you're yeah. such a storyteller, and you were saying that your family like kind of communicates like in stories. Well, it's it's this thing I really wasn't aware of until I got down here. Sorry, I got like a, <laughs> a little hair thing in my mouth. But um, uh, uh, African uh, the the griot. It's like a tradition, like story. Yeah. I'm not gonna get choked out, but like agree. It's like this tradition. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's like so. When I found out about that, I was like, "Oh shit!" You know what I mean? It's like it's all this shit that you think you lost, but it just stayed with you because it don't. It passes through, like you know what I mean? Like just how people say trauma passes through, all that other stuff passed yeah. through too. Like I, I, that's what I believe. And so when I read about that, and then I just thought thought about my f- family. And just the type of people that they are and how they, how they are. And I mean, I try to, you know, you got your like actual comedic influences and stuff, but mm-hmm. like, you know, when it, like my family is mad influential. In yeah. And your I family do. sounds funny as fuck. Yeah. They, but they got a lot of problems. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I just always got to preface that because I got to do. You're with not the, the first person to cry yeah. on planet Nola. But, um, nah, like, um, you won't be the last either. I make people cry left and right on this yeah, podcast. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> But um, uh, <laughs> you just get us uh, emotional folk. Uh, but um, nah, like so, my family like I I wanted to really like zero in on that as far as like an influence for me and you know because the idea is like you, so when I started you know I was kind of copying the people that I like grew up idolizing and stuff and you could really hear it and it was very evident and like you know as you get. You know, like Miles Davis has the great quote, like, oh man, it was a while till I played like myself. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, how do you play like yourself? You know what I'm saying? So I'm like, all right, I gotta like really go to the roots and the core, like who I am and like what it what it is about me that makes me do this. And you know, I have the like sad part that makes me do this, but like the part that I that's I think is actually good was like you know, like my family, that was a big part of us like connecting and my family telling funny stories and I, I think a lot of people in my family is like very funny and really great storytellers 
And so, like, to celebrate them and that respect, you know what I mean? Like, I, it's important to me. You know what I'm saying? So, um, and I, I, you know, I don't feel like it's something that, like, I've had to work work towards it. You know what I mean? But, uh, yeah, when I figured out, like, that's a part of the African tradition, I'm like, oh, yeah, this is, you know what I mean? That's what I want to tap into. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. It's so, a legacy. Yeah. I mean, and, uh, you know, again, it's like, uh, I love stories. You know what I mean? Like, Same. I really do. So, Same. You know? It's like I can I can pepper some jokes in there too. But. I love stories. I, I have a family of story. Well, it's probably my father, yeah. but I have a father who's a storyteller and still is. And it's funny because having heard him tell the same stories over and over again, mm. they're never the same. You know what okay, I mean? Yeah, like yeah, my yeah. family does the like it's changing all the time. Okay, you know, you. it's like truly weaving a fiction. Oh wow! Like think <laughs> of like that's that's what it is. Like gotcha. at some point, the the bit or the story in my in my world mm-hmm. becomes like a spectacle and mm. like. With a like, and you're like, where was the truth in that story? <laughs> see, well, and see, I and it kind of back because you know, I feel like I have a very specific kind of sense of humor or whatnot. And it's like, my family's a lot of the stories are like kind of harrowing and probably wouldn't be funny to people, but mm-hmm. they are fun. Like, <laughs> you know, what I mean, like, I remember hearing stories about like you know, distant cousins who got their butt cheeks burned on the stove or something because oh they owed somebody God. money. Uh-uh. That's not an on face. Like, <laughs> a lot of people are like, oh, my God. And then that's like a story we the family would bust out laughing <laughs> about. You know what I mean? And so it's like, you know, I mean, and granted, I try to smooth some of the rougher edges of it, but that's that's in that's me like that's what's propelling me yeah you know what i mean like and i see it in my niece too it's like i hear her and i'm like oh man you got it too you got <laughs> it you got and it and it's like you know certain it's a it's a well because i mean i feel like a lot of of the roots of a lot of black humor is kind of gallows humor you know mm-hmm. what i'm saying so it's not necessarily like these happy-go-lucky like lightweight joints but you got to make you got to break that. When you're in suffering, it's yeah. like people are looking to laugh. You, I mean, it's the only, I mean, like. It's like freedom to It's laugh. the only way that I've been able to, like, really, you know, get through my existence. It's like making light of, I mean, hence the reason why I'm like, hey, I burnt myself. And I'm <laughs> riding around with an ice pack on my bike <laughs> while it's raining. But it's like, ah, <laughs> you know what I mean? I would crush other people. But Oh, yeah. Kamari burned himself and has been holding it. If you're not watching, he has been holding an ice pack this entire yeah. time and rolled up with an ice pack yeah. in his hands. Yeah, yeah. And like, what I think are pretty severe burns on his hand. Well, I was, they're going to heal. <laughs> I mean, they'll saying? heal, but they like. Severe burns can heal. You yeah, yeah, don't no. get like infected. No, I'm not gonna get infected. I feel like you need to put some like neosporin on that. Oh, you know what I really wanted you to tell the story about? Yeah, I'm gonna get. I'm gonna, I plan on going to like CVS and getting the stuff to make okay, sure it's good. all good. Like, all right. but you know, I don't have to be like texting you later. Yeah. Like, did you clean nah, it? Yeah, and then I just got. I lose my fingers. <laughs> <laughs> gangrene or whatever. Yeah, gangrene when yeah. it gets infected. Gross. Anyway, can you tell the story about? I think it used to be one of your bits, but can you talk about Bubblegum Shrimp Company? Oh, yeah. So, no, this is... I, I, I maybe tried to do it as a joke like a couple times, but uh, it just was... Bubblegum Shrimp Company, <clears throat> I'm very happy that it no longer exists in New Orleans. Was this your first job? Well, it wasn't. It's officially my second job. My first job was working in the kitchen uh, making beignets at Morning Call, which... Uh, that was in City Park, which I also celebrated its death. Um, but they're back over on uh, what is it, City Park, and all that stuff. I actually got it's. I have a kind of weird soft spot for Morning Call, yeah. but like I also fuck Morning Call. <laughs> um, 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, like, yeah, yeah. Beignet, beignet businesses are tough. Let's just put it like that. A lot is going on there. A lot of codependency and, <laughs> and you know, not really addressing certain addiction issues. And all right, let me just. In so, the beignet industry? <sighs> You know what? It was good. I like good. that you narrowed it down to the beignet it, industry. It, it was good. I guess I, I only I only worked at Morning Call, so I haven't worked at like Cafe. I asked nine. about Bubba Gum Shrimp Bubba Company, Gum. but it's all of, it's just all my origin story. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> because it gave me like specific insight. Like I didn't. I had like like making beignets is a is a low totem pole job. You know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> it really is. Like well, initially I started washing dishes right. like that's what they i didn't when i applied for the job at uh morning call they didn't i didn't fill out an application <laughs> or nothing he just asked me for my social security number <laughs> i'm like i don't even know if i'm gonna get a paycheck <laughs> i had to just trust that this dude wasn't gonna steal my identity uh and so i get there and he just give me like one of them uh aprons when you wash dishes and i go in the dish sink with the other guy and i'm trying to talk with him and he just grunting at me i'm like bro like i went to college and everything <laughs> like what is this and then they realized like i was smart enough to not just bust dishes so i was like all right we're gonna put you on on frying beignets and i was frying beignets for like two weeks and then they would be like rib like oh man these is these are a little too they need to be golden brown i'm like bruh like <laughs> get out my face about and so you know and you got i remember this one lady oh she thought i was so stupid <laughs> i forget what it was and, and like my biggest pet peeve is somebody insults my intelligence mm -hmm. and it makes me so angry <laughs> Uh, especially if it's an older white fairly, lady, uh, fairly, and and she and and so, um, I I like worked out two weeks, and then like uh one of my neighbors, um, her daughter, uh, shout out to Miss Peaches, she looked out for us when I first moved down here, um, her daughter worked at Bubblegum Shrimp or had worked there, and so she like lined me up with a um interview. And they hired me essentially on the spot too. They're like, "Can you work today <laughs> or like tomorrow?" And I was like, "Yeah, bet for certain." <laughs> and then I was working like morning shift. Um, well, like initially they were like, "Oh, you're not gonna really get a chance to," because I wanted morning shift so I could be do comedy at night. Mm. And so you know they they were like, uh, "We're not gonna let you just have your way. You have to work when you need to work." And I'm mm. like, "All right, whatever." And you know you get there and they make you uh. You're not really supposed to have no name. Everybody's name is Forrest. <laughs> like, so they got like the little license plate to say run, Forrest, run. And then if your table needs you, they can flip it to say stop, Forrest, stop. But then it'd be times where people oh, be saying no. that uh, they would call me Bubba. And I'm like, yeah, come on now. This is, <laughs> this is rough, man. I'm not trying to be called Bubba out <laughs> here. And like, I remember being a kid and I used to love like Forrest Gump. Like I loved, like I was a big <laughs> fan of Forrest Gump. And, and you know, you obviously taste mm -hmm. changing different, but I still had a fondness for Bumble, uh, Forrest Gump before I worked there. Yeah. After working, I'm like, fuck Forrest Gump. That shit is trash. <laughs> it's the worst. Like I hate this fucking piece of shit ass <laughs> movie. Um, because you had to do, you had to do trivia. So you had to, they wanted you to entertain mm. the customers. So you had to do trivia. So you were waiting tables? Yeah. Yeah. I was serving. I was waiting tables. Yeah. Damn, you went from beignet cook to waiting tables. Waiting tables. Jumped up. Yeah, yeah, big time. You know what <laughs> I mean? And it was a and definitely bumping pay. Um, <clears throat> but they would have it where you had to like ask trivia questions. And one of the trivia questions was, what was Jenny's favorite animal? <laughs> I don't know. So the answer. A dove? 
that's what the answer is supposed to be or a bird or yeah a dove but that's not her favorite animal <laughs> that's the animal she wanted to turn into because her father was, was raping sec- her. yes yeah, like molesting yeah. her yeah so why am i doing this in front of a family <laughs> That's I mean like and and then then you would hear people and this is the shit oh, that pissed no. me off the most. You had these cats that be like, "Oh man, fuck Jenny. Jenny, she's a bitch and all this other shit." And you like, "Bro, she had the hardest fucking life." <laughs> yeah. Can you have some sympathy for her at least? Like, you ain't, yeah, she did force wrong or whatever, but did you see what happened to her? <laughs> she was with the the hippie that's out here beating on women and shit. Like, come on, bro. Like and so it just and then you i also had it where it was cats that was like doing coke in there and like having they i remember one time i was upstairs and a dude was like hey we about to go to the bathroom and i'm like bro like y'all don't know me why are y'all just telling me y'all about to do coke i could be a snitch like i could be like hey they, they doing coke up here like get all y'all shifts and then um and then one it was one one of the dudes he was so high like once he got done he set me down and showed me how to serve he was like this is how you really get that money man he's just going through the whole menu like you gotta know i'm like bro like you was wilding out right now and uh i i had i i had it was like people stealing from people like it was the streets i had never i worked at red lobster back in uh columbia i never had to worry about another server stealing money from me Uh, that uh. shit was happening at a bubblegum shrimp company (laughs) or even like it was cats that was bullying me and shit i was like bro like what the fuck is going on here it was some cool people there but it was some it was some it was some motherfuckers there bro (laughs) and uh and so like i actually quit on my, my first mardi gras and so like I was like, got up that morning. I was supposed to work Mardi Gras at Bubba Gump. And then my roommates, uh, Dave and Laura, they were like, we see that you like fucking hate this job. Mm-hmm. Like it's killing you. Like it was, and it really was like, it was making me not enjoy living here for real. Yeah. Um, and um, they were like, don't go. And so they're like, yeah, don't go in. And in my head, I've never like no call, no show. Or yeah. Just not, you know what I mean? Quit a job like that. But uh. I made a decent amount of money. I had money, like, kind of saved up. And I was like, you know what? Fuck Bubblegum. And then I ended up going and having... I Like, I didn't do no Mardi Gras shit until Mar- that Fat Tuesday that day. And uh, <clears throat> ended up going out. We just, like, had a bottle of champagne and walking around. And it was, like, real fun just running into people. And then I did, like, ecstasy for the first time. <laughs> and it was fantastic. It sounds like you had a Mardi Gras. No, nah, no. Nah, it, was, it was really lit. That's the it best kind really of Mardi Gras lit. where it's, you know like, actually... Fun. Like you took... You quit your job to have I Mardi Gras. I quit my job. And if you're not quitting your job to have Mardi Gras, you're not having Mardi yeah, Gras. Nah, yeah. <laughs> and, I mean, like, you know, I, I took a... I took a little. I didn't work for like a month, and I, it was beautiful. Little I was sabbatical. Like, I, I could I could just live like that in New Orleans, and I, I since then I have not really worked hard. <laughs> like I had jobs, but I haven't worked hard really. I mean, I have my moments, obviously, but yeah, just kind of fucking around here and there. We're gonna take a break. We'll be right back. Hello, it's your host, Mary Jacobs. I'm sitting here with. My producer, Carrie Mulder, and we are so excited to be bringing you Planet NOLA this episode and every episode. We really believe in this podcast Mm -hmm. and the work it's doing in New Orleans to build community, to reach out to people. 
Um, and we really love what we do. Yeah, we love our guests. We love our audience, our listeners. We love each other. It's just a big love fest. So if you love this podcast and you believe in what we're doing, it would mean the world to us if you considered subscribing to our Patreon. We've just launched it. The lowest tier is $5. Mm-hmm. And we are just really trying to get this podcast to pay for itself a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe support ourselves just a little bit more. Mm-hmm. We're both creative people who have a lot of projects. And this is a big one in our lives. So if mm-hmm. you love it as much as we love it, um, it would mean the world to us if you considered subscribing. There is bonus content. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really fun. It takes a deep dive into the episode. Kind of circle back to some of the topics they've been fun yeah Super we basically fun. record with the guests as soon as we're done their episode and do a more candid version of their podcast mm-hmm. it's shorter but it's more self-effacing and it feels like just real real you yeah know? it's it's bts behind the scenes it's the bts so if you want more planet nola content you could subscribe to our patreon and mm-hmm. get it it would mean so much to us so okay mm-hmm. we'll let you go back to your episode now but please okay. consider thank you bye This episode of Planet NOLA is brought to you by Vitality Community Fitness. Vitality is a functional training gym located in Metairie, Louisiana. And at Vitality, we focus on members as individuals. That's right. We don't want people together. We don't assume that everybody has the same goals when they step into our gym. We also don't push things like body ideals or diet culture. We try to focus on the full person and we try to give an experience that matches that. We've got incredible coaches. We've got an incredible community. And if you're looking for a place to call your new gym home, consider checking us out. We offer a three free class trial. That's right. Literally no commitment. You can try three of our classes in a week to see if our gym is for you because ultimately we want people who want to be there. And if it sounds like this might be the space for you, please consider checking us out. You can go to vitalitycommunityfitness.com, click the contact button and get started. Hello, we're back to Planet NOLA. I'm here with my friend Kamari. Um, We still talked the entire break and we're going to keep talking some more. Um, We were talking about my best friend's wedding and how it actually doesn't hold up. But I actually want to get back to something from earlier before we get back into my best friend's wedding because we could talk about it forever. You said something before we started recording. You were like, yeah, I came to New Orleans and I thought I had all these dreams of going to LA or whatever you said. And you're like, in New Orleans, like, Stopped all that. Nah, yeah, like it, How uh, did you say it? Oh man. I, I, I would say it uh like ruined my plans. Yeah. Yeah. Something to that extent. Cause I, I definitely well, cause like right before I moved down here, I got like some of the biggest opportunities I had gotten thus far doing comedy back in Columbus. Like I got to do a host weekend at, at the Dayton Funny Bone, which I'm from Dayton, so that that meant a lot to me. Um, you know, the one time I was like able to like show my family like, hey, I've, this is the funny bone. Like I'm uh-huh. performing there and, you know, just have most of them not come. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but uh, uh, then I had a I had almost I came like in second place at a like comedy contest in Cincinnati and I got to do a host weekend for comedians there. And so I was telling them I was telling these comedians like, hey, yeah, man, I'm about to move to New Orleans. And they're like, why are you doing that? Like, like, what the fuck are you doing? I'm like, huh? And they're like, yeah, no, nah, man, you need to like try to move to like New York or something like that. Like, it does, why are you doing this? Like, that makes, <laughs> and they're like, if you go down there, like, just stay down there for like a year or like, like two years tops, but don't like, yeah, don't go there and stay there. And so I'm like, all right. And in my head, you know, I was like, when I got into stand up and when I really, like, I really, in my head, I was like putting my everything into it. You know what I'm saying? Like, I kind of flunked out of school and 
and you know, I lost a lot of direction and you know, was worried about just kind of ending up like a lot of people I didn't want to end up like, you know what I'm saying? Who are like that through no fault of their own because yeah. of a, like a terrible system. But uh, you know what I mean? Like uh I wanted more. I wanted to try to chase, you know, my dreams and shit. And so like, you know, in my head I'm like, "All right, I got to get to New York. Like I got to get there. That's how I'm gonna make yeah. this shit like pop." And um you know, I had I had like, you know, you you had these cats that's a little ahead of you in the game that end up going different places. So I had a friend who I would at the time consider a mentor, like, you know, one of the first cats that really like talked to me when I did comedy. And when I, I remember seeing him when I was going to scope out the scene and he was like one of the cats that I saw. I was like, oh, man, like I'm thinking like he's like an actual professional comedian. Right, you know what I mean? Like right. he was performing at the comedy club and he did well. And it's like, oh, man, like. He's probably been on TV and sh and then you you know you meet him and it's like oh like he's trying to figure it out too he's like wildly insecure as well right like trying right but uh that's like we were talking about the film stuff earlier it's like oh when you get really up close to something yeah. you're like oh you see it for what it really is yeah and then you realize oh this could be me yeah it could be me it, it, it might could be, be me. me and it probably might not be for my betterment you know what yeah I mean? but uh but he like came up to me and, and took a liking to me and so he kind of kept me engaged and gave me like insight on like all right here's like what you can do around the city and so like once i started kind of really getting into it like i really devoted a lot of time to trying to perform as much as i could and so he had moved to new york and you know i would kind of hear what he would say um you know, and then some of the stuff I would say was like kind of disheartening, but I'm like, oh, that's where you got to go. That's where you got to end up. And I'm thinking, and you know, I knew some other people that went up there and, you know, even if they weren't doing stand up still, they were doing stuff like maybe interning for like the, the uh, Letterman show or some right. stuff like but that. But you didn't do L.A. or New York. You're here. So yeah. like and you want to be here now. Nah. Well, I mean, so I get down here and then like very early, I kind of found my my group, my clique. You but know it's what I'm not saying? anything like those other places. Nah, no, for certain. Yeah. Well, I mean, like it's like I've 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 been to New York once now. Is I mean, I wouldn't have any interest to go to New York outside of stand up comedy, honestly. Because like before I did stand up, I right. Never... But I just mean like from a stand up perspective, New Orleans can't offer what New York offers, and New Orleans can't offer what L A offers for stand up communities because mm -hmm. it's there's so many opportunities. Like you said people working for Letterman and doing stand up on their off time. Like mm -hmm. you, there's an industry around c comedy that doesn't really exist down here. Right. Not in the same way. Nah, I mean, nah. there's smaller things. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But. But I mean, I think for me, it's like as a person that cares, I like to think I care about the art form. I feel like this that's is That's what's a, up. That's why good, I'm asking. That's I think why that's, I'm asking. I think this is the best. I mean, you know, I, I think it's one of the best places to be for the art form. And I mean, I I, I, I think it's because like um, it's a lot of different artists in the city. And a lot of times you are performing for like-minded artists. And so you, I think... I, I you you find like a certain kind of appreciation and understanding that um I think helps maybe you know I I know a lot of the people around town in, inspire me and influence me that don't even do comedy you know what I'm saying they might be writers they might be musicians or DJs and stuff like that but I see the commitment to the artistry I see like the commitment to not just like and I, I mean that's the thing I I learned in New Orleans like I don't think you should just be laser focused on just one thing. If you not, if that's not, if you want, if you got that's more, what this podcast is about. Yeah. <laughs> if you got like more interest in that, and that's the thing I realized when I got down here is like, 
yeah, you know, like I am a stand up, but I'm much more than that. You know what I mean? In my head. And I want to showcase that. And it wasn't until I got down here that I realized like that I didn't need to I didn't need to just zero in on stand up and then hope that I could get as high as I could with that and then maybe be able to do the other things. Like do the other things cuz that all helps with my stand up. Yep. You know what I mean? So like if I want to do a jazz album. Yeah. <laughs> Can't wait. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Like that'll help with my stand up, you know what I mean? Or if I want to write a, a short story, you know, all this other stuff, it 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 goes into the other. And so I really feel like down here like I've I just, I'm like, I, I feel like I'm the same person. Like, I, that is exactly what? how I feel about everything I do. We've had a, you know, we've had a few discussions. I feel like we got to that part of it. When yeah. We was talking pretty quickly. And, um, cause like another thing is like, um, that I had been doing that I started during the pandemic was, uh, I started a YouTube channel called You Better Read where I read like children's oh, yeah. books. And so I kind of, I started that because, um, I hadn't been doing anything. I felt very lost and um, I didn't really know how to contribute to society in a productive way at that point. And um, my niece was doing at home learning. And so, you know, it was one time I tried to get on the phone and try to read to her over the phone. I was like, this is this is stupid. Mm -hmm. um, but I'm like, if I could record it and do something like that, I think that'll be useful. And then I'm like, oh, I bet. Like, then my mind kind of went to like, all right, my kind of creative and like, how do I use this in my toolbox? And I'm like, oh, I could do it like this. You know, I grew up watching like, um, you know, Mr. Rogers Neighborhood and yeah. Reading Rainbow. I'm like, oh, that's that's like a lane that I could kind of operate in. And I, I legitimately do like, I care about reading literacy and I care about reading just in general. Um, was, I would say it's one of my passions or whatnot. Yeah. But um, um, so I, I started that and then that was like something that really kind of like boosted me up. But it, it, again, it, it, re it reminded me like, oh man, like there's more than just me doing stand up and I can use I can use stand up in this and be able to, you know, what I mean, because when it comes down to like, like, I don't know, like the reason I like stand up is because it's like a nerdy kind of art form. It's that so is, nerdy. Like when you really yeah. what, what, like the stuff I like about stand up or like I be trying to put into my it's like very in my head. I'm like, oh, I'm making this like very specific reference. <laughs> and then like, you know, nobody be like, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. But it's like, ah, you know, what I mean, like, uh, you know, I, I like that type of stuff, you know, or being able to like uh, just create like this little world on stage and then kind of get people in it and then like bounce around it to a certain yeah, extent. Yeah, it's so fun. Um and so, you know, what I mean like I and again, like I like intimate shows. I like being able to really connect with the audience. New Orleans intimate yeah. shows. Yeah. So I mean like, you know, uh it it allows me to like it doesn't need to be everything doesn't need to be big. Like as long as I'm Hell doing yeah. it in the arena and I feel like I'm doing good at it, Hell you know yeah. what I'm saying? And I mean, I feel like people, you know what I mean? Like, they, uh, I feel like I get good feedback, you know what I'm saying? So, yeah. You're a great stand-up. I try. I, I feel like I know, I know why I stay here and make art here, even though I could do it in other cities. Mm -hmm. And it's like, I just really like to hear people say why nah. it makes sense for them and, like, why it is so different. It's mm. so different. Well, you know, I was actually watching, uh, I think the, uh, maybe you had a, Sexy Ducks and Dolores oh, yeah. Galore. And they had said something that I, I like, I agree with completely. It's like, in New Orleans, I found myself. Like, I really was able to, like, I mean, I, I still think that's like a life 
long journey for me but i i got my scent on is is much more on the path than it was um before i moved down here and you know that's all these, so awesome dude you know these you know what i mean and again like these things that like you know help you a self-affirming things you know what i'm saying and i i was able to really find that down here because it's like bro it'd be i mean what's the point of me like trying to chase this like imaginary goal essentially like this this like imaginary mountaintop and i feel so like lost in the world and i don't really feel like i'm grounded in no way you know what i'm saying yeah and uh i feel like i found a lot of things that's like grounded me since i've been here you know what i mean and it, it makes it uh you know because I, I i would like to be here for as long as i can it's your home now you know what i'm saying and i i mean that like as a life like like i like to be alive as long as i can and i know it was points in my my life where i was like i, I, I don't mind leaving now <laughs> you know what i mean and so it's just like it's good to have those self-affirming things and it's, it's something that i want to um yeah i try to like you know imbuing my like sisters and my nieces and my you know my little cousins little nephews and stuff like that because you know like where i come from it's not like people it's a lot of people that's back home that's doing a lot that's trying to really like represent from the city and really mm-hmm. like you know do things and i'm like super happy and glad that it's people like that and you know I, I look forward to you know being back in my home at some point and really trying to do the same thing because i think that's important um and that's something i've, I've seen here and reflected here and it's yeah. the thing that i value about new orleans as well how much people really care about their city and care about their people you know what i'm saying and not in this like i can gain something from it way but just the tradition of it the culture of it and the significance of that and and how that unifies people and really like helps people reach hopefully their highest um heights that they can you know what i'm saying with that level of you know community and like belief yeah um and so like but you know where i'm from it's a lot it's just even just on the aesthetic level it's just so much like uh you know and i mean it's it's it's, it's here it's like abandoned neighborhoods you know whole like uh plazas that are just empty and they used to be full you used to go shopping there and and, and it, it does something to your psyche you know what yeah. i mean it doesn't make you feel it do, doesn't make you believe in your community doesn't make you feel like you you can do anything and it, it it creates a certain mentality that makes the outside world seem completely unreachable you know what i mean so like for me it's like i'm trying to take some of this back to like my my people and be like hey like you know it's more out there and it's more to explore and yeah. you know what i mean and and what we got from here has been good and we can explore with that you know what i'm saying it's kind of like what you're saying earlier too where you're like i didn't my family didn't know anybody in film so when i told them i wanted to do film they were like what and it's like you don't know what you don't know like yeah, i mean I, that's a i mean like it, it's a real thing man like you know and and like i watched a lot of tv and i had a pretty wild imagination so and i think Me i too. generally kind of just was on some like <laughs> well arrogantly i'm like i'm smarter than all of y'all <laughs> <laughs> and it's funny because my niece is like that now <laughs> it's like every time i talk to her and i'm like do you think you're smarter than me she's like yes <laughs> i'm like you're not smarter than me and she's like all right and i'm like Mother. <laughs> but i can't knock it because it's like i've been there like, yeah. like you all are dummies yeah i'm gonna show you when i get older <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah yeah but uh you know what i'm saying so i i just was like you know I just kind of had this like I'm gonna get to it. However, and I mean it might it's been different things. Like when I was, 
you know, I wanted to be like a DJ or I remember being wanting to be a producer or uh, when I was in high school, like trying to go to school for real. I was like, all right, let me try to be a journalist. And I, you know, interned at Dayton Daily News and stuff. So it's been different things. But I also realized like all that stuff kind of came from the same place. Yeah. And so, you know, ultimately. I've been coming to that realization with myself, like how many different paths have led me to who i am yeah. right now nah, yeah. and like it all just pieces like getting to know yourself is wild yeah it's yeah. wild well i mean and to me it's like you know all these ancient texts know thyself like that shit is important but it's not easy Mm-mm. and you know the way that i've tried to do that is like you know knowing people in my family trying to know their story try to see how it align with my stuff and you know what i mean and you know just the things that you kind of naturally respond to that like you're naturally attack, attracted to that, you know, enliven you, those type of things. You know what I'm saying? And it, again, like I, I, I feel like, you know, you never can be, you can never have your, you know, your finger on the trigger like that because you, you always kind of maybe unsure, right? But I feel like just that pursuit, you get that scent, and you know, and again, it's like. Why not be different versions of yourself throughout your life? I Hell mean, as yeah. long as you can be here. I mean, when it comes down to it, it's don't like, you get bored? I get bored, yeah. man. I get so bored. Yeah. So I mean, like, yeah, I don't want to. No, man, I don't want to be no deacon for thirty years. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, it's like, all right, you know, like it, it was a point where I was very square. I think, or like a square. Like I was kind of a square. And then now it's like, I'm not a square. <laughs> You're like, I'm you finally know, not a square. Yeah, you know, I'm a little but big like, boy. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? So, Did yeah. you have friends in school? Like when you were in high school and elementary school yeah, and all I that? Yeah, I had like a, a, like a group of people. You weren't like an, a total pariah. Like nah, you weren't, nah, yeah. Nah, nah. Uh, we had like, you know, I had my little crew that we, we I was cool with. You know what I'm saying? But it didn't, the thing about it though was like, you knew the cast that was like real popular. And it just, it was like a different type of, Cause it was like dating. I don't know. It, it's it's still even like that. It's a part of me. It's like as much dating uh, Ohio. Dayton, like, Ohio. How many people that haven't dating Ohio? So it's funny. Like the population is not too dissimilar from New Orleans. Interesting. Uh, it's a couple. It's I was I would say at least to me, like interesting things. That's like Dayton also has an RTA that is not good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but um. Uh, but yeah, like. Uh, and we have like a musical tradition, like mostly funk music. So you got like the Ohio players, uh, Slave, Lakeside, um, uh, Roger uh, Zap, you know what I mean? Roger Troutman, uh, all them cats, they all come from Dayton. So like, you know, I like, uh, like 100,000, you know what I mean? The demographic, I was raised in Dayton. The- Dayton New Orleans has like 400,000, I thought. Oh, well, I mean, I would say like, not one to one, but no, like but New Orleans is not supremely big. You know, no, it's like it's a smaller. Not, yeah, not, I guess I see what you mean. Yeah, uh, but I mean, I would say like maybe Dayton has like maybe two hundred thousand plus or whatnot. But like a lot of it, like the city of Dayton's gonna DM this podcast. Yeah, like, yeah, you got the number yeah, wrong. Yeah, yeah, it's less than that. Or I mean, he can't come back. <laughs> even like because it's a lot of parts of uh, you got like the surrounding suburbs that. I don't necessarily claim as Dayton right. proper, you know what I'm saying? But they are, are like, if you hear people talk about Dayton, they'll be talking about Kettering or Centerville or West Carrollton and all these other spots, which, you know, it's fine. But, like, you know, Dayton is like a black city for the most part, you know what I mean? So, like, when I went to schools, I went to black schools, you know what I mean? 
you know, I saw a lot of black people growing up, it, 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 at least like in the city. It wasn't until you went out to like the malls where you're like, oh, I'm a minority. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, uh, you know, I, it, it, you know, and we like, so you, it's not as celebrated. That's something that I wish was done better in my hometown. But like you had these cats like Paul Lawrence Dunbar was like real significant, mm-hmm. um, like famous poet writer um, from like 1700s. And so, like, I remember going to his house, like, when I was a kid and being like, oh, man, it's like, you know, or like having cousins do recite his poetry, like, at a, like, a speech So wild. Yeah. So, yeah, I kind of, I think I rambled on that one, but yeah. It's okay. Yeah. I'm still, I'm fine. I don't know anything about Dayton, so it's interesting to see the overlays. I I can hear the similarities. They have a Carrollton, too. We have a Carrollton. Mm. (laughs) But, uh, I mean, I don't know. It's just like. I, I do well the one thing that I really <laughs> I, I might be this is like might be kind of touchy but it's just like um when I, like it's a certain kind of flavor that I know that like people from where I'm from I mean like when I was a kid we really liked date no limit like cash money like they look like so you knew about new orleans because of no limit and cash right, money like, when you were a kid my stepbrother i always wondered because like we listened to that my growing stepbrother up. had like mp the last don he had the the movies everything you you had like the bootleg guy or whatnot Whoa. and so he had he had all the you had more than the, I uh, ice cream man all that stuff and so you would see that and then like when cash money took over like i knew little girls that was going to the, the concerts and stuff and like Lil Wayne, if you, I was actually just back home and um, uh, I was with some of my homeboys and we was like doing like a fake versus, like, you know, they've been doing Swiss Beast Timbaland, uh, they've been doing the verses during the pandemic where it'd be different artists and they'll play their catalog or whatnot, 20 hits and be like, who's the winner? So they've had like big ones, like uh, like one was like uh, Patti LaBelle and Glad- Gladys Knight or something <laughs> like that. Oh, but one recently was... Uh, uh, what Omarion from B2K versus Mario, which has the internet in in a tizzy. <laughs> uh, but uh, uh, we were doing like one where it'd be like, who would who would who would go against the Jay like Jay Z versus Lil Wayne? Mm-hmm. And we were all saying like, even despite how we feel about Jay Z or Lil Wayne, like Ohio or Dayton, Ohio specifically would go Lil Wayne. Like yeah. it, they and so like I remember when uh. I remember when Dedication 2 came out, one of Lil Wayne's mixtapes. Like, that just sent the whole metal to high school. Like, everybody was listening to that. Like, that that's would, crazy. And I mean, that's a mixtape I still go back and listen to and be like, oh, man. Yeah. And that's the one where he's got, like, uh, he, like, talks about Katrina on there. And yeah, the yeah, 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 yeah. And I mean, that shit was, like, again, like, we went, we went crazy. I remember it was, like, a cat that uh, he said that he was from New Orleans that came to my high school every all the girls loved it. Like, it, it just was, like, a big... So, like, it was an appreciation from afar. Like That's crazy. So, um, you know, like, in my head, it'd be... Like, I remember I met the dude, uh, Danny Cartel. Uh, he produced uh, Slow Motion for okay. Soldier Slim and uh, uh, Juvenile. And I remember meeting him and just thinking, like, oh, my God. Like, I remember listening to this in high school, and I'm with the dude that... And I'm just, like, thinking of... All the conversations I done had with friends and everything, I'm like, or even when I would see like Manny Fresh or like Ha Ho or something like that. Oh my like God. That, I'm like, this is- I like hung out with Manny Fresh one year. I was like emceeing something and he oh, was wow. an, an artist on it. Uh-huh. And he and I were like just chilling all night. I was like, oh, I just spent the whole night hanging out with Manny Fresh. I mean, Fresh. like, I, my, my. And nobody cared. I'm like, what? This is like. My stepbrother had the Manny Fresh CD. 
like his CD, the uh, the mind of Manny Fresh. So I remember, you mean like that's how much we write. Like not the big timers, Manny Fresh's solo CD. Yeah, that's you how had much it. We I don't like. I didn't even know about his solo. Well, CD. He had the song. Uh, he was like house real big, car real oh, big, yeah. everything yeah, yeah, yeah. Real, real big. big. Yeah. yeah. That shit, right, man, many fresh, many fresh beats. So boy. you're saying all arrows pointed to New Orleans. I mean, I, I feel like, you know, I, I like to think, you know, back kismet to like whatever. kismet, but like stories like, oh, my, this is, you know, been foreshadowed, I guess, in my story. And there, who knows what's to come? I have no you clue. You might get signed by No Limit Records. Who knows? I, I would not sign a deal with No Limit Records. Okay, fine. That's the one thing that, I mean, like, I, I love I like that you just music. said that. I love that you just took that stance right nah, here on the podcast. I mean, like, I, I think I know a little bit too much about the rap industry and, uh, you know, yeah. Yeah. I would not, I wouldn't sign the No Limit or Cash Money or Young Money. I would be independent. Uh, that's smart <laughs> i would be independent like no limit i do take that like no limit i know and, uh, um i know a little bit of cash money stuff because of she was like the first woman on cash money they did her so dirty was it tatizi no it was not it was not gonna come to me mm. But she was the very first to ever be featured. And she was like a teenager when she was first okay, featured. Gotcha, gotcha. And like she wasn't making any money. You know nah, what I mean? Yeah. And then these albums were coming out. And they were just like kids hanging out with the, the guys in the nah, studio. Yeah, yeah. And they start blowing up the kids. Like getting these. I say kids because they don't acknowledge that they were teenagers. Nah, nah, yeah. Lil they Wayne should was like, like literally 14, yeah, 13 like years old. These yeah. the women that like the woman who. Oh God, I hate that I'm co-opting her story. I actually asked her to be on the podcast. Okay, gotcha. and she was like, how many followers do you have? And I'm like, okay, well, this you isn't going to work. Out. Up a bit. I was like, "Is it gonna work <laughs> out?" I was like, mm. um, you know, because I'm like, I need more people to know this story. But like, yeah. she was done real dirty by Cash Money. Oh no, I mean, like, uh, I, I mean, I didn't mean to interrupt. No, it's fine. I don't have the. I I wish I could get into more well, details. But yeah, also they're not paying these. They, but they were teenagers. They were yeah. children, and that yeah. part of the story really blows my mind. Nah, I'm like, she's like 16 when she's hanging out with all these yeah. older men and like making tracks with them. Yeah, nah, that's a, that's weird. And nah, I mean, like, Bert. <laughs> Let me not get and not getting paid and not getting paid anyway. Cause, uh, cause yeah, he still he could get me got. So, uh, but yeah, you think so? We'll go on. We'll pass <laughs> it. We're not trying. I mean, I'm not necessarily really aware. I'm not on his like radar or nothing. But like that would be really good for the podcast you know I mean? though if Birdman if could Birdman come tried after to you kill and kill right, you so, I mean, and then I could be like it happened here on Planet Well Nola. I mean this even his biggest artist is Lil Wayne and Lil Wayne literally was suing him for like five years because of like unpaid like he essentially yeah. had all these cats on uh like a stipend like all the money would go to Cash Money Records the company who man. Please do not listen to this baby and Slim Williams. Yeah, <laughs> uh, they're not. Don't worry. I'm, I don't. I noticed that, and it's like, yeah, y'all, y'all. Was, you know what I mean? Like, it was a point where he had gotten uh like an oil rig tattooed on his head. It said Brownold Oil, and then you know people did research on it. It was not like a real company. Like, they, 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 yeah, I, I know too much. You do know too about much about Birdman, and, and and yeah, let's let's uh. Yeah. With your insider knowledge. What happened to that boy? He was talking <laughs> shit. They put a clap into that boy. <laughs> and on Planet Nola, it, it, <laughs> I would get great traction. I would have a whole story about the death, you know? Well, I mean, like, if people The feud. Birdman's going to come on the podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's going to be like, is you... <laughs> Release a diss track. Oh, wait, he's going to be like, is you... <laughs> he went on, uh, the, like, Breakfast Club and said, uh, he was like... Are you? Oh man, I forgot that. It was a joke. It was like a meme for a minute. 
He's, okay. He he said, "Are we done or are we finished? Is we done or is we finished?" That's what he said. <laughs> That's what he said. But yeah, nah. Um, but nah, man. I mean, like, I definitely take the the notion. I like, especially with like uh, Master P, like him selling records out the trunk, going to Oakland and yeah. getting on there and everything. It's like, nah, I that I fuck with because yeah. again, it's like. Uh, he spread that stuff so far well i mean and again kind of back to like the reason why i like to be in new orleans versus being in new york like you know it, it they people might not look at it the same as music but you can get swept up in these contracts and be doing all this stuff and you not really getting your value right you know what i'm saying so it's like i rather like try my best to like know i'm somewhere where the industry ain't and get my own value yeah. up and then nobody can I, I they can't, take it they from can't you. jerk me. You know what I mean? Yeah. Y'all can't. You know, I know, I know what I'm worth, and I know what I can live off of. And I mean, ultimately, like, you know, uh, I I kind of have a disdain for like the the mixture of art and commerce. So if I'm a partake in it, I'm I gotta partake on it best on my own terms. You know what I'm saying? Hell yeah. Uh, Cause I mean, a lot of this shit I'm like giving people is very significant to me it ain't like shit that i take lightly you know what i'm saying i yeah. can't be out here talking about like my family and shit <laughs> and then people is just oh it's a guy comedy central has a million views <laughs> talking about his knee. and then the, all these people are gonna have that they have to say about it underneath yeah. you people are writing articles yeah. about you and yeah. analyzing you and your family oh yeah that sounds terrible. Nah, it sounds like the worst. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, this has been so so nice, Kamari. Yeah, nah, this has been fun. This went by quick. It went by so quick. It went by so quick. I'm not surprised at all. We ask everybody the same last question, and it's just, you're, you heard what this podcast is about. You're, you're a guest on this podcast. Who do you think would be a good person for this podcast? Uh... I think uh, I got a buddy, uh, Bradley Williams. He DJs as uh, DJ Black, mm-hmm. um, but he's like a pretty, pretty cool guy. He does music. He performs. Is he local? He's local. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's from Baltimore, but he's been living here, I think, probably about as long as I've been living here. <laughs> I think he's class, class of 15. Class of 15. Yeah, transplant class of 15. And just, a, I, I would say, like a really good person. He's got like a lot of stories. I know he's worked at like... Uh, He's worked at Preservation Hall for a bit and stuff like that. So That's he's got like up. a nice little. And I mean, he's my homie. Like, I, I, I rock with him heavy. So Hell yeah. I think he. And I mean, I know he knows. He got his like DJ circle and there's some other cats in there that I would also recommend. But yeah, Bradley Williams. Hell yeah. yeah. Okay, cool. Well, thank you so much for doing this. Yeah, thank you for having me. It man. was so fun. <laughs> um, y'all, thanks so much for listening. Everyone be in touch. Thank you again to this episode's guest. Planet NOLA is produced by Carrie Mulder and Mary Jacobs. If you liked what you heard here, please consider subscribing to us on YouTube or all your social media platforms and pretty much anywhere you get podcasts. Also, if you really, really liked this episode, think about subscribing to our Patreon where we have tons of bonus content from this episode and more. Starts at just $5 a month and it would mean the world to us. Thanks so much, y'all, and be in touch.